it's so good to see each and every one of you here this morning. If y'all don't mind, I just want to say a special good morning to a couple of friends of Holly and ours. Uh, they've just been great friends, and they're just good people. You ever just be around people, you just like being around them? You know what I'm talking about? You got those people and those friends in your life, they just, they've got some life on them, and it's just always fun to be around them, and they help us she helps me to stay looking stylish. But right here on the second row, I've got a couple of friends, Savannah and Griffin Mouse, are here with us this morning. I just want to say it's so good to see you guys this morning. And I, my contacts are a little hazy. We got little man right there with us too. Can y'all help me say good morning to our friends that are joining us today? So if you're wondering how come Pastor Holly's hair looks so fly today, Savannah helped out with that. So you need to check her out if you want to copy Pastor Holly's hair too. Is that okay? Y'all didn't lose the spirit, lose the anointing right there, did you? Listen, the Holy Ghost wants you to fix your hair, all right? Ain't nothing wrong with looking all right, okay? I figured the Pentecostal people have been a little more excited about that. <laughs> so as we prepare this morning to receive the word, um, we're taking this month of December, and we're focusing on and talking about, teaching about the gift that God gave us in His Son, Jesus. And so this morning, I want to speak to you about uh, part two of this sermon series that just for my working title is The Mother. And so I want to speak to you some about the story of Mary today. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture to you. And this comes from Luke chapter 1 and verse 26 Luke chapter 1 and verse 26 and, and I can't help myself uh, I was 16 years old and I was at a youth conference thank you Bryce I was at a youth conference uh, at Emmanuel College in middle Georgia and a man named Jay Pike came to preach and I would bet most of you know who Pastor Jay and Pastor Cece are. They're currently pastoring the Bridge Church down in Denton, Texas. But they were staff pastors here for many, many years. So long before any of that, long before Oklahoma City, uh, Pastor Jay preached there that night about Mary being pregnant with purpose. And the Lord got a hold of my life that night. And no matter how hard or how far I tried to run... I could not get away from what the Lord did in my life that night with that word. And so if by some chance, Pastor Jay, you were to get to watch this, I just want to say that I love you and thank you for being such a good friend. And thank you for being obedient to the Lord. So you can always have this one notch in your belt that the Lord used you to get to Jordan if no one else. So this story is very near and dear to my heart. It's a pleasure for me to be able to share it with you today. So let's begin in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. It says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin who was betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. This virgin's name was Mary. And having come into the house, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what matter of greeting is this. 
Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will rule over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I've not known a man? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. My goodness. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. If you don't mind, could I pray just briefly before I begin? If you would, pray with me. Lord, we open our hearts to your word today. Lord, I ask that you teach us, instruct us, but Lord, even more than that, that you call out of us destiny and purpose. The reason for which you put us here. Lord, I ask that you help me and you use me to preach and teach. Holy Spirit, help me to speak clearly and accurately. Lord, I put my hope and my trust in you and in your word that you will do what you always do. And that you'll use it to change men and women's lives forever. Lord, I pray this in your precious name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Catherine. So I have three points for you today. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to go for it. Is that okay? But now before I begin, I have to give you my disclaimer. I'm here for whoever will listen today. But as I prepared this week and I've been in prayer leading into this week, I have felt a clear and significant burden in my heart. There are people who will be listening to me today. And that while I'm not the one that this is about, I just happen to be the tool in the Lord's hand today. I just happen to be the trumpet that he has to blow. But I want to say this, that there are people here today that you need to hear what I'm about to say. And that there are some people here today that you've rode the fence and you've rode the bench for too long. And a wise man once taught me that the richest place in the whole world, the most talented place in the whole world, the most anointed and the most called place in the world is the graveyard. Because there are so many people that they are born, they live and they die and they never imagine, they never reach for, they never realize the purpose and the reason that God made them and put them on this planet. And so I love you enough today to speak to you the truth and I'll run the risk of offending you in the process because I love you enough that I don't want to see you go to your grave 
not having realized everything that God has for you. And I love you enough that I don't want to see you in your last days laying on your bed or your couch or wherever you may find yourself wishing that you could go back. A lot of people will come eat your mac and cheese and a lot of people send you a birthday card and tell you they love you, but the real people who love you tell you the truth. So with that in mind, let's begin. I want to begin with my first point today, and I want to talk to you about the power of yes. Something that we need to understand as believers and as human beings is that there are two kingdoms at war. They're battling each other. That's not the perfect way to say that, but there are two kingdoms at work in this world. There's a kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. But if they are to do or accomplish anything in this planet, they need a partner. They need a human being to work with and to work through. And so when our enemy seeks to use us and use other people, he tricks us, he manipulates us, he deceives us. We have a great pattern and understanding of this in the story of Genesis where he deceives Eve. He causes her to stumble. He doesn't tell her the whole story. He trips her up in words and in language and causes her, leads her to doing something that she ought not have done. That is the way and the pattern of our enemy. A good way to sum that up, a catch-all term for how he operates is manipulation. I just need to go ahead and hit it right on the head is that manipulation is of darkness and wickedness. How do I know this? Because manipulation is when I tell you what I think you want to hear, what I think you need to hear to get you to do what I want you to do. But our God and our Father, He operates in truth. And so He shows up at every turn and He tells you, this is who I am, this is who you are, this is what I want to do, this is what I need you to do, and here's what I will do if you do. And He tells you the truth at every turn. And then He puts the ball in your court so that you can make a choice and so that you can make a decision. I need to remind somebody today that you have a superpower And this superpower will enable you to become a hero, to become a life giver, to become a course changer, to become a temperature setter in the world that you live in. And this superpower is called choice. You have the ability to choose how you will respond to the Lord, how you will respond to the issues and the circumstances of life. And so here's something that I have learned in my time having grown up in God's house. Part of growing up in God's house, particularly in the home of a minister, and then marrying into a minister's family, uh, ministers by, by, um, they, by necessity are required to become studiers of human nature. And here is something that I have learned about human nature, both from my father's and my own life experience, not just from observation, but from looking in the mirror and realizing that uh, my flesh has a tendency to do this as well. When God shows up on the scene and he asks us to do something, when he lays the burden on our heart to obey and to work with him, our human nature, uh, we like to negotiate And so I have to tell a bunch of Americans this morning, if you're watching overseas, you just hit the pause button. I need to talk to the Americans for just a minute. We like to walk around with our chest poked out saying, well, we don't negotiate with terrorists. And I beg to differ because people I've known my whole life, they'll negotiate with anyone to try to get what they want. Okay. 
I wonder, did the religious folk come to church this morning or did the real people come to church this morning? I've known a lot of terrorists in my time didn't have a machine gun or suicide vest or hand grenades. They were emotional terrorists. And let me tell you something, we tried to negotiate and plead and bargain and it just doesn't work. Let me tell you something that super duper doesn't work and that is trying to negotiate with God. Can you imagine how prideful... Or how deep the roots of pride are embedded in our soul. When creator God who is master of all the universe. When he comes to me and to you. And he says I need you. I need you to do this. I want to work with you. Because I want to bless you. Your offspring and all the world around you. And then we have the audacity. We have the vanity to believe that we should hold our head up and say. Well I will if you will. I come to tell somebody today that if you have the heart or the practice of negotiating with God, you're operating out of a root of pride. I told you, I come to tell somebody the truth today. We're just getting warmed up good. You might as well take a deep breath, get some, get some air under your feathers, because we're going somewhere today. So many people, they want to say yes to God. They just want to do it on their terms. And I believe that this habit of negotiating, this living out of pride, living out of vanity, or I would like to say it this way, yielding to the lie of vanity, it is an epidemic in our world. And so I need to speak to some people today, you want the best that the world has to offer, but you just want to do it your way. But the scripture says that our God and our Father, He is the God with the cattle on a thousand hills and that this world is His and that we are the sheep of His pasture. And I come to tell somebody today, you may get some money for your pocket. You may add a story to your house. You may add another door, to, door link to your car. But you will have to work and strive and labor to keep it. The scripture says that the blessings of the Lord will add no sorrow. And so I need to let somebody today, let somebody know today that you can get the material things of life, but you get the price tag that comes with it. But if you will let the Lord increase you, grow you, process you, plant you, if you will let the Lord expand your tent stakes, if you will let the Lord set the borders and the lines of your life, then you can have the absolute best that he has to offer. And here's the thing. When when it comes, when the peace comes, when the rest comes, when the prosperity and the provision comes, you can lay back and rest because you know it was my God who did this for me. It was not me. I need to let somebody know the reason why you ain't got no peace is because you are the God of your life instead of God being the God of your life. And so when it comes to obedience and negotiating with God, here is something that I've learned is that compliance is always conditional. And so we say to God, I will if you do this. And here's usually what we'll say, God, I'll obey if you do something first. I'm going to try that over here. That stung a little bit right there. We say to God, I'll comply as long as you meet my terms, as long as you meet my conditions. But that's a way of immaturity. Aren't, isn't it our young children when we say, you need to pick up your room, you need to do the dishes, what do they say? I will if you pay me. I know they, I don't know about the dads, the dads, are, they, the dads just cross their arms a little bit, but some mamas, I saw that neck got limber. 
And there's some mamas in here that want to say, baby, I love you, but I've already paid for you before I ever brought you home from the hospital. I done racked up a $25,000 bill. I had to buy you formula, car seat, blankets, diapers before you could even talk to tell me what you wanted to eat. I'd already spent so much money on you and hadn't got one drop of work out of you. You get in there and you clean up your room. Because mama has done giving you all that you need. Tell you what, I, mama gave up her body for you to have a ticket to come play the game of life. And you come demanding, saying, I will if you will. That's good preaching right there. And our kids are back there in the back. They don't know we're preaching about them, do they? <laughs> Compliance is always conditional. But catch it obedience is unconditional obedience is unconditional 1 Samuel chapter 15 and 22 says this this is the Samuel speaking he's had a confrontation with King Saul because Saul didn't obey Saul had offered let me kill some sheep to make up for that I didn't obey And so the prophet Samuel says this, Has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. I come to tell somebody today, you are insulting God's character when you think you can buy him off with compliance instead of giving him a total and a full unconditional yes. Something that I absolutely love about Mary is the angel showed up and said, Mary, we believe she was about 16 years old at this time, the angel just kind of bursts into the bedroom, like however that happens. I have to confess, I've never had an angel burst in, but I like to imagine that they burst in. <laughs> Boom, there's an angel standing in front of you. So you, what do you do? You just get, pull the sheet up, you know? And the angel says... It's going to be a great day, Mary. You have found favor in the eyes of God. If someone shows up and tells me that, I'm like, oh, we're getting a Mercedes. we moving to Gallardia. Right? But what does he say? You're blessed and highly favored, Mary. You're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby. Woohoo! What? What? Hang on now. What? A baby? A baby? Now, clearly, I don't know what it's like to be pregnant. But now I have a wife, and we have had two lovely, amazing, beautiful children together. Sarah Kate, your dad just called you lovely and beautiful. And I have had a, as close as one can get, front row seat to the difficulties of bringing children into the world. And in the nine months that my wife carried our children... I don't know that I remember too many days where Holly was waking up, walking around the house going, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. A lot of time it was, I've got this burden that I am carrying. But now here is what Mary said to the angel. I love it so much. The angel dumps this tremendous life-changing news on Mary, and Mary says, be it done unto me according to your will or according to the word of the Lord. And so in this case, Mary gave the, word, gave the Lord an unconditional yes. Now here's where I need to preach to some adults for a minute, to some big boys and to big girls. 
When you give God your unconditional yes, it matters and it shows up in your life. But I need to also remind you that when you give God an unconditional yes, the yes that you give God is also you're giving your offspring permission to give the same yes. Let me give you a practical example. My father was raised in dysfunctional family, caught in cycles of addiction. Before I was ever born, he started to give the Lord his yes. And so in my life, I have been victorious over addiction because my father said yes. My father was not raised in a God-fearing home, but he started to give his yes to the Lord. And so I was raised and I was able to give my unconditional yes to the Lord and by God's grace my children are able to follow and so what Greg could not comprehend or understand in that moment when he started to say yes Lord I will follow you yes Lord I will serve you yes Lord I want to be free of this he was giving me an opportunity to be free he was giving me an opportunity to say yes and how do I know that this is true outside of my own familial experience is because Mary said, Be it done unto me, Lord, according to your will. And if I may fast forward the tape just a moment. In the moment of his passion, in the moment of the most severe decision of his life, Mary's son Jesus, facing the burden and stress of a sinful humanity, on his knees in a garden, sweating blood, saying, God, if there is any way that I don't have to do this, please. Please let me out of it. Oh, somebody, I wish you'd help me. Mama said all them years ago said, be it done unto me according to your will. And fast forward the tape just about 33 years. And when all of humanity needed Jesus to give his father an unconditional yes, Mary's yes became Jesus's yes. And as the blood dripped through his beard, he said, nevertheless, father, not my will, but yours be done. I need to tell some mom and daddies today, you got to to give God an unconditional yes because you don't know how sons and daughters will be tested but because you said yes they can say yes now point number two I want to talk to you about the backside of a blessing so so many times we say God bless us and we have many ways that we interpret that many ways that we understand that But to truly understand blessing, we have to measure it, frame it, understand it, and think about it properly. And so a lot of times we measure blessing by what we have. But I want to submit to you that true blessing from God is not about what you have. It's about what you carry. Because the Lord showed up to Mary and said, you are blessed and highly favored. I need you to carry something. I need you to carry this. Let me give you something for you to steward and to care for and for you to watch over. And yes, this thing is so significant that it will eat up and consume almost every part of your life. You're blessed and highly favored. I need to let somebody know you've been misunderstanding whether or not you've been blessed because you've been using the wrong measuring stick. So you can't go to your bank account always to figure out, is God blessing me? Can't get not one bit of help. 
You can't always go out and look in the driveway to figure out, is God blessing me? You can't go into the shoe portion of your closet and say, is God blessing me? Sometimes you have to look in the mirror and say, I can't see it. I have a hard time describing it. But God has given me something to carry that other people don't understand. It wakes me up in the morning. I'm thinking about it when I go to bed at night. I have to feed it and nurture it and take care of it. But I'm blessed because God has given me something to carry. Because here's what's beautiful. When you have something, you'll spend your work trying to keep it. But when you carry something, you spend your life trying to give it away. I wish somebody would give me an amen because it is better to give than to receive. And so the angel comes and says, Mary, you're blessed and highly favored. And so I want to say this, that any time we're blessed, there's always the backside of the blessing. A lot of times we say, God gave me a million dollars. But what you didn't measure, what you didn't account for was that, well, you get a million dollars, you get million dollar problems. Now, y'all know Jay-Z said, more money, more problems. Gen Z, if you don't know who Jay-Z is, he's the guy that's married to Beyonce, Okay. My baby boomers are going, what? Who? Mo money, mo problems. Don't you know that even when God blesses you, there's a backside that you better account for? What am I talking about? The angel says, Mary, you're blessed and highly favored, but if you don't mind, I'd like to tell you just a few things that Mary had to endure because of her blessing. So after the blessing comes, in the next nine months, this is what happens in Mary's life. She almost lost her husband. She had to face the gossip in her hometown. She had to explain to her family a baby bump. And the excuse was, well, the Holy Spirit done it. You know and I know that if your friend from down the street got the baby bump, you say, where'd that come from? And they say, the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a hard time not blowing coffee out of your nose. Ain't nobody ever, some of y'all got the church face on this morning. Y'all trying to act like you don't know. You would lose your mind if someone told you the Holy Spirit gave me this baby. Okay, Mary. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So she had to carry a truth that no one else could understand. She had to travel overland to Bethlehem on a donkey. She had to give birth in a cave with camels watching. And I just have to imagine, she can't get mad at Joseph saying, Joseph, you did this to me. If I was Joseph, I'd be standing over in the corner like, don't be mad at me. Take this up with the Holy Spirit. He give you the baby, wants to see if he can help you push. I'm going to get a corn dog. Could you imagine giving birth to a baby and there's a camel standing over you chewing on hay? Come on, somebody. Mercy Hospital ain't so bad after all. (laughs) Mary had to give birth in a cave, and then once her baby was born, they had to flee in the middle of in the middle of the night. And so, a newborn baby and his mo- the the baby and mom had to get on a donkey or a camel, and then they had to run and go hide in Egypt. Could you imagine picking up in the middle of the night, loading your possessions on an animal, and moving to a foreign country to hide your baby from the king? I thought you said I was blessed. So far, angel. Gabriel, 
I'm not enduring nothing but pain and sorrow. I say blessed. This was just the story of Jesus' birth. But how many of you know when you're a mama, you're a mama for a lifetime? And so the birth story is its own special chapter, but then you got to deal with the whole life. The little babies are sweet when they're in the onesie. But when them things start growing hair and sweating, they start making adult-sized problems, and then the fun really leaves the room. So I want to tell you about some of the difficulty that Mary had to endure being Jesus' mother as he grew up. When he was a young boy, he had a habit of running off and blaming it on God. But she had to watch her hometown try to murder her son with stones. She had to watch Jesus endure the desert. She had to watch him endure the storms of the sea. She had to watch Jesus lose his natural father, Joseph. She had to watch Jesus be betrayed by Judas. She had to watch him be framed by the high priest. And she had to watch him go on trial before the Romans, knowing that he was innocent. And she had to watch him give out his lifeblood on the cross. Mary had to watch a lot. She had to see a lot. She had to endure a lot. There was a backside to her blessing. But by God's grace, she endured. And in his last moments, there she was at his feet. God bless Mary. What an amazing woman and an amazing mother. But Mary's example preaches to us today that if we can do and are willing to do what she did, and that is endure the backside of the blessing, guess what? You also get the face of the blessing. And so she endured a lot, but let me tell you that she rejoiced a lot because she got to hold and swaddle the face of God unlike any other person in history. She saw the truth taught. She saw prophecy fulfilled. She saw the poor being given priority. She saw the blind man's vision restored. She saw the lame walk again. She saw little girls brought back to life. She saw multitudes fed in the wilderness. She saw tax collectors humbled and she saw the faith of a centurion. She saw an adulteress forgiven and she saw crowds silenced. She saw demons cast out of madmen. She saw fishermen turned into a and she saw the sins of humanity forgiven. I need to tell somebody today, you got to endure the backside of your blessing because the face of the blessing is just around the corner. Don't you give up now. Don't you quit now. Don't you let the enemy talk you out of it. Don't quit standing. Don't quit praying. Don't quit worshiping. Don't quit giving. Don't quit loving because you might be on the backside now, but the front side is just around the corner. I wish some Somebody with a testimony would help me give some praise today that God always keeps his word and comes through. Mary gave God an unconditional yes. And she was not intimidated or afraid of the backside of the blessing, the difficulty of blessing. And some of you wonder, why is this this way? Why does the world work this way? Because God will never give you a life where He is not necessary. Oh, I wish somebody would hear 
what I am saying. I can't get no help in Oklahoma City. Maybe somebody online will just give me an amen right there that God will never give you a, a life where He is not necessary. Now in closing, if my band will please come and my prayer teams will prepare. Last and final point for the day that I think the life of Mary preaches to us. The, her example preaches to us. And I want to say this to you that you can't keep score or don't keep score. And so if I may, I, I just I imagine myself as Mary and some of this difficulty that I've had to go through. People tragically misunderstanding what God is up to, who I am. People slandering my character and attacking my child. The same heart that packed these altars at the beginning of service with cameras to film their babies are the same people that if you tried to hurt them babies... They'd be in the street with a bat, and you better stay out the way. Imagine a lifetime of watching the world hurt your baby, try to hurt your baby, labeling him, misunderstanding him, and everywhere he goes, he makes people's lives better. Imagine. And so I ask myself, how could a mother have the heart to continue and not grow bitter and not grow weary? And some may say, well, what proof do you have that she wasn't bitter? Well, we have the story of Jesus' first miracle where they're at a wedding. And it's Mary who she goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, please help these people. They've run out of wine. This family's going to be humiliated. I know you have the ability to fix this problem. And so won't you please go and do it? And he said to her, Mama, right now ain't my time. It's not time for me yet. But what did he do? Jesus gave in to his mama. He said, you're right, mama. I do have the ability to help do this, and I want to love and bless this family. So he went in there, and he prayed over water, and they poured it out, and it was wine. Some of y'all wishing you had that power. I know what you're thinking. Don't lie, because you're in the house of God. And so... Through This is the first miracle of Jesus' career, so he was, we'll say he was about 30-ish around this time. And so for 30 years, she's had to watch Jesus endure and be processed. And yet at the first opportunity, she's convincing him to do good. Bless these people. Show them how good you are. For me, that's proof positive that she had not grown bitter through their journey together. And so here's what I want to say to all of us is that anytime you give God an unconditional yes, there will be people who don't understand. There will be people who label you, people who slander you, talk about you. They'll shake your hand at church and then they'll have you as a side course at the lunch buffet. You know it and I know it. So rather than dodge around it, let's talk about what to do about it. I need to tell some people today, you need to quit, quit keeping score. Because when you begin carrying the wounds that life will give you and that other people will give you, your life will become a ledger. You need to hear me, friend, that if you walk around your whole life thinking that the world owes you, 
the beauty and the experiences of life will become nothing more than a ledger. Every, every relationship, every person that God has put in your life will just be row after row of plus and minuses. And if your life is nothing but a ledger, then I'm going to go ahead and cut to the end for you. You'll come to the end of your life and you'll find out that you're the one that never got paid back. You will be the one without. Everybody else in your life sleeping like a baby at night. But you're the one caring, laboring, and, and, and grieving over they didn't do this right, they didn't do that right. Because this is what happens when you carry something. My admonishment to you today is to give God your yes. Don't be afraid of the backside of the blessing. And along the way, don't keep score. And so I know this, that there are people in this room today that God is calling you off of the fence. He's calling you to get up off the bench and give him a yes. But here's why you hesitate. Because I've been burned in the past. I've been judged in the past. I've been slandered in the past, attacked in the past. People have not understood. People who were closest to me, people who I grew up with, didn't understand what was going on in me when I tried to give God a yes and I got hurt. I got bent, broken, damaged. And what I find so amazing about the story of Jesus is that the same one who stirred the pot of opinions through his life is also the same one who gave us the power to overcome the issues of life. Do you remember when I started this morning, I talked to you about the power of choice. I want to tell you about one of the most sacred and holy choices that you can make in your life. And it's the choice to forgive. It is unfortunate that we live in a day where that term has been bent. It has become secularized and it has become a cliche. But I need to tell some believers today that forgiveness is far more than a cliche. Forgiveness is a choice that you make that says this, Jesus' blood is enough to pay for what they did. There are people in this room today that you can't step into the next because the ledger of the past is hindering you. And you need to hear me. Today, you can be free. No matter where you are at, no matter what you have recorded in your ledger, today, you can be free. So if my prayer teams will please come at the congregation, if you will please stand on your feet with me. There's a couple of people that I want to pray for this morning. If you're in the room today and you have felt the Lord pulling on your heartstrings and you say, I know that God is asking me for my yes. 
unconditional, sold out. Yes, Lord, be it done unto me according to your will. If that's you in here today, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. We don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to shine a spotlight on you or anything like that. We just want to agree with you in prayer. We want to support you. We want to stand beside you that you can give God your yes. There's another group of people that I want to pray with this morning. And that's people who would say, the ledger of my life is weighing me down. And I want to be free of that thing. I want to be free of the records. I want to be be free of the words and the lies. I want to be free of all of the hurt and pain of my past. I want to be free. If that's you in here, come and we want to pray with you and lead you through forgiveness. So here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like everyone to please bow your head and close your eyes. If you're one of those two groups of people today, please, we want you to come to the front so that we can pray with you. We want to connect you with a prayer partner. Don't get out. Don't, don't let someone dissuade you. Don't let what people may say or think about steal this moment from you. If you're in this room and you say, I want to give God my total yes today, then we want to pray with you. If you're joining us online today, you say, I want somebody to pray with me. Just put your name in the chat box there and we'll pray with you. So we all see that our prayer partners are praying. If you're in the congregation, I ask if you all would please help me pray for our brothers and sisters this morning. So just real softly, right where you're at, if you will, just extend your hand towards these altars. There are people here who are giving God their yes. People who are forgiving and letting go of the ledger of the past. And so if you're in the congregation today, just pray along with me. Don't let me pray by myself. Just pray along with me. Lord, I lift up each one to you today. Lord, I pray that you're giving them grace to say yes. That you're giving them strength to say yes. Lord, we stand with them and we declare with them and over them that no opposition of the enemy will steal from them this moment. Keep helping me pray right here, church, with hands extended. Lord, we speak a grace to forgive. Supernatural grace to forgive and that the wounds and the pains of the past are under and forgiven by the blood of Jesus and so as brothers and sisters today we declare that there is power in the blood of Jesus and that the things of the past will not have power anymore over the future of our friends We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. If you're in the congregation today, on behalf of my wife and our team, we just want to remind you that we love you. It's been such a great privilege to be with you today and to worship with you today. I want to dismiss you, but please, if you'll help me keep the atmosphere of worship and prayer in the house as you go. We love you. I need to tell you one quick thing. That if you came this morning to pick up a Christmas basket, 
they will be ready after next Sunday's service at the pickup station. So if you need a Christmas basket, they'll be ready next week. Holly and I love you. The team here loves you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Go and be blessed. Hi. This morning, Pastor Jordan spoke on the power of the yes. We saw that when the angel came to, get, uh, to Mary and says, you're blessed and highly favored. He wasn't just pronouncing a blessing over the household of Mary, but what he was saying is that through you, Mary, I want to bring a son that will bring salvation to all people. Out of you, Mary, I want to bring a kingdom that will endure forever. And what was Mary's response? Mary's response was, let it be done according to your word. Today, I want to declare and say over you that you are highly, you are blessed and highly favored. And God is working in you and through you to bring salvation to your friends, to your family, to your community, and to those people to the ends of the earth. And what is our response? It can't be conditional. It can't be, well, Lord, if you'll bless me, I'll do this. But what the Lord is saying, I want an unconditional yes, the power of the yes. So this morning, I just ask you, are you willing to obey the word of the Lord and, 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 and just say, Lord, let your will be done according to your word. I want to pray for you today, and I want to bless you as we enter into this Christmas season. Lord, I pray for each and every person that's watching here today. I just pray, and I, I just declare over them, they are blessed and highly favored. And Lord, let your will be done according to your word. Father, save your people. Save your people in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Have a blessed and Merry Christmas.